This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Tucker Bride, and today John Ben Sankel and two special guests, Ben Tollett and Connor Grant, join us on today's pod for a special look back at life at Evans Academy, uh, leaving the football club and forging careers. Uh, in the Football League and many stories in between. And for a little bit of context, uh, Sam obviously is on the pod today because Sam came through uh, for a number of years with the lads at Everton, so many stories uh, to tell and share, hopefully on uh, some good times at the club. Um, but before we go back uh, and, and look back at, at where it all began at, at the club and, and and, and do that. It's probably probably good for the listeners just to get an idea, lads, of, of where you you both are now and, what, and where your careers are up to. Um, ben, who are you playing for now, pal? And, and, and um, how's how's the season gone anyway? Just before uh, the suspension. Yeah, no, it was all right. I started the season at Blackpool and then finished the um, finished the season at Macclesfield just just till the end of the season. So just waiting to find out really what's what's happening next. Left, obviously, teams are waiting to hear about this. Salary cap and player cap things, so um, just wait for all that to, to be sorted. Really, Connor, um, where have you where have you been at, mate? I've been at Plymouth Argyle for the last two seasons now. Luckily, just had a promotion back to League One. So the first year was a relegation. This year was a promotion. So it was a bit of a, a positive on this one. But yeah, it has been. Just can't wait to get back and looking forward to it. Absolutely. Right, well, let's, let's let's go back to the start then. And, um, I mean, Ben, we'll come back to you. Um, how, how, old, how old were you when you when you first were picked up by Everton? Who were you playing for? You know, what, what's, that, what's that feeling like for, for a young kid? And, and you know, you, 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 your, your parents saying Everton, Everton are interested. Yeah, I was um, I was playing for Moss Neal at the time. I was about I was about seven, um, but at the same time, I was like first joining Everton. I was also at Liverpool and. Um, like training at both and it got to the age of like eight and you'd have to make a decision which one you want to sign for and stuff like that and at the time no shame in saying it being a red but Everton had the better academy um, so it was it was, a, not, like it was an easy decision really like at the time they were bringing through more players and it, I mean I knew nothing at eight years old but my dad just said it might be a better idea going there so that's how it came about for me I was playing for Mosdale yeah and uh, can you remember who was who was the scout that that, uh, that had watched you and, and uh, recommended you? Do you know? Yeah, it was it was his name's Martin Waldron. He's um, he's not at Everton now, but you know, still keep in touch and stuff. Um, speak speak to him every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Con, what what was your story? And was it was it Martin who also had, had scouted? Yeah, you? it was it was Martin and Tosh Tosh Farrell, obviously oh, a brilliant yeah. Martin, a brilliant scout. So. Yeah, I was playing for my local team, CMS Boys, which was run by my dad and John Doolan, who's like my best mate's dad now. So I was playing in the Barlow's tournament and basically just came up like what they saw and got in touch. And my brother was in the academy at the time, so I think that made it a little bit easier and then agreed to, to go up and train. And then like Ben, with the Everton Liverpool thing, that seems to be the norm at that age. I ended up then about six months later going on trial at Liverpool and ended up signing there because, as you mentioned before, Sam Liam Nolan, he was one of my best mates, still is one of my best mates, and he, he signed there. So I ended up jumping from Everton to Liverpool and then 
I didn't really enjoy it to be honest. I spent about three months there, wasn't really enjoying it, and then ended up leaving, missing sort of playing with my mates, playing for TMS because we had we had a, a good team. So I ended up going back there a few years, and then a couple of years later, going back with Everton, getting back in training with Tosh and Martin, and then eventually signing under thirteen. So bit of a, a roller coaster one. <laughs> Simon, I know you don't like to talk about your side of Everton, of course. But no, never mention it. <laughs> mine, mine was a, a little bit, a little bit more quirky. Was that we used to play um, footy in, in the playground at school, uh, and there was a scout at Everton called John Poland and his his son uh, Michael Poland, who who's unfortunately passed away now because he had cystic fibrosis. But he he went home uh, one night and said, you know, there's a, there's a lad who in the playground throws himself about and, and seemingly enjoys going in goal. You should you should go and watch one of his games and it sounds still like unbelievable now, but uh, I was playing for a team called the Breeze and his, his dad, John, came down and watched me and then I think it was I don't know if you two had to do it as well, but they'd done like this the six week trial kind of thing where I was working with Kev O'Brien who who's now the or was working as the, the under twenty three goalkeeping coach towards the end of last season uh, and Keith Rees down at uh, Netherton on this little kind of square patch of grass with the other goalkeepers, uh, and, and obviously, similar to Connor, massive Evertonian, I remember one night, we were putting the Christmas tree up here, uh, and, and Kev rang me mum and dad, and, and said you can give Sam a Christmas present, and, and we're going to sign him, so, I, I honestly couldn't believe it at the time, and getting all the gear, the training gear, with the Everton badge on, and, and being able to wear, I always remember going into the little, porter cabin changes at Neverton, and you just couldn't believe, that you were putting the Everton kit on, and, and playing for Everton, and, and it was boss, yeah, to, but obviously at that time I'd only been playing, I think I was only eight. So I think I've been playing kids footy for about 18 months. So it was quite a quite a change really to, to go through that in, in, in that space of time. And, and for my mum and dad as well, I think. That was the best part, wasn't it? When you get the kids at the uh, start. It was boss, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I remember being there with my brother, first, first one's in there. We got number two and number three. <laughs> we just buzzing with <laughs> we went on a We went on a tour once and, and it was just as the new Everton kit was coming out and Tosh. Uh, we were in Guernsey and Tosh promised us if we got to the quarterfinals we could see the new Everton kit and obviously this was before the, the time of uh, the internet and stuff and honestly we must have played some of the best footy ever and we got to wear the new kit in the quarterfinal I remember being absolutely made up it was, the, it was a green I think it was the one when we finished fourth it was the green goalie kit that Nigel Martin had and I honestly thought I was like the best goalie ever at the time it was, it was boss you were, weren't you? I was, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> hey, yeah, you was. It brings back memories there. You say, you know, like the porter cabins and, like, say, getting the kit and going on tours and that. It was just like, ah. Uh, when you look back, you, you don't realise at the time, do you? Like, just, well, you do realise how good it is, but looking back, I see you think, really grateful for it. No, yeah, totally like, when you, like you say, when you grow up, you, you look at it and go, how many kids, like, went to, like, play in. With, like wherever we play, do you know what I mean? It's it is yeah, possible. Yeah. So just 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 so we can give the listeners an idea of time scales. Did you did you boys all join the academy when it was at Finch Farm or or, or the at uh, no I, in the other fields? I, I joined when it was at Belfield. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah it was like I remember going when I signed and you were there, Ben. I'm sure you and Longy are the ones I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, ben was there the yeah. longest. I, I think Ben was. You were there when you were six or seven, weren't you? And then it was me, and then and then yeah. Connor. So so Ben, you obviously did you see? Did you go in that old gym, Connor, at Belfield, the freezing cold one? Yeah. With the, 
Yeah. Right. Well, I was just about to say that Belfield one. It was just like a. It was like a brick shell with no heating <laughs> in it. <laughs> the, the Astro. The, the Astro. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever played the in the Astro, Astro but like. Yeah, yeah. So it was like the, it was like the sandy one that had like yeah, yeah. no it was it was just like yeah. it was like concrete but with like green concrete with sand on wearing it and there was no heating in there or nothing. The gym was at the back, the physio room was yeah. at the back, it was just freezing cold and As you all say, no, imagine for the keeper I remember after one Richie Richie Porter's that his name, I think he's one of the first team physios now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember going yeah. up to him after one of them that indoor ones in that Belfield one and both my kneecaps were just like skinned and I was like I remember him just putting like two blue plasters on them and going like go on lad you'll be alright and like in school the next day I couldn't even walk it was absolutely brutal got your hands sticking to your legs <laughs> it literally was so um, again just give just to give the listeners an idea of um, of, of who, who were the lads that, that you were playing with at that time when you were like 10, 11, 12 who, who were the lads that everybody was looking at and going Wow, these boys are going to make it. You know, who were, were the obvious ones that we know about? Connor, because he made it. Yeah, Con- yeah. Connor. Uh, Todd was that Connor? Tom Molyneux. Yeah, Connor. Longy as well. This long. Yeah. Longy. Long, no, we had a good team. We had a lot of good players. and We did have a good team as well. Like, good, just good, good lads. It was a good, it was yeah, a good it was. team spirit, but for me, I'd still say uh, Longy. Probably the best player I, I ever played with. I mean, the stuff he could do with with both feet and the goals he'd score. And I mean, sometimes I think he'd let, uh, you know, he was so. I think he was that good that when the team wasn't playing as well, or if he wasn't playing to the standard he wanted to, I think he could let himself down with his attitude sometimes. But the amount of times in games where you needed a goal and he'd score yeah. a thirty yards with his left foot, his right foot, he was he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Yeah, especially. Yeah. I um. I mean, you know, Ben and Connor, you're playing professionally now and, and, and carving out really good careers for yourselves. But how tough is it? Can you give? I mean, just because so many, so many lads will be released when they, you know, and you know, Sam spoke to me about how tough it was for him and stuff. But can you give us an idea of just? It, it feels like it's a really ruthless environment in many respects. Yeah, it is. Go on, that's one. No, I've, um, it is like I mean. Like when you if you if you get let go, it's like, like I was saying to Sam the other like when I'd done something similar to Sam a few weeks ago and like when you when you let go it's like you, you just all all you're doing is you go on and playing footy, you're not thinking about anything else. When you get let go you, you literally have no idea of what to do and stuff like that. Like I know we, we used to get taken out of school, remember that when we used to get taken out like a day and a half a week. Yeah. And I think ours was like the first one to do that first year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we'd go in there. I think it was like, was it a Wednesday and, and a Thursday? Yeah. And like my, my my school basically, well, like my, my school work just was not existent then because I was just like, oh my God, I'm going out all the time, like playing footy and that. And then, um, yeah, I got let go. So, Killed me off really, but <laughs> similar. It's a, it's a different story for for Connor and similar for Sam for me. But I mean, it's just yeah, I think it is such a it's a ruthless sport, a ruthless business. And the more older you get, the more you realise that and you you yeah. have to accept that that is part of football. When you're a kid, all you're doing is playing football because you love it. But then as that comes, fortunately, I spent once I signed under thirteen, I spent another ten years at Everton, which is unbelievable, and I'm so like proud of in a way 
so like when I got released it was sort of my time was up and it was up probably a year before that but the right move hadn't come up and there was a couple of times where I was maybe going to be leaving I got a move to Plymouth which was cancelled which wasn't great <laughs> at all that got put back so it's just it's difficult and unfortunately you have to accept that part of it and become stronger from it and yeah. I'm fortunate that I didn't really get let go at a younger age where I've had friends who have been and you can see it's affected them yeah. and I'm sure after you get released that there's the support mechanism in place to actually help people I think it's more you're a piece of meat okay you've been released thanks for coming in a way yeah as a as a kid it's different to being like the 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 way football is as a kid, like you get going and you're like, oh bloody hell but then when you're an adult and like it's that's your life then that's how you make an income. It's like so cutthroat like you say, and it? it's Yeah. It's mad. But as if you sign as as always said, sort of if you sign the contract, it's it's what you're signing up for in a way. Like mm-hmm. my dream has always been to be a footballer, so you have to learn as much about that football and it's not necessarily just on the pitch yeah. it's off the pitch as well so if you sign a contract ultimately you have to sort of accept what comes with it whether it's good or bad I think you've mm. you've hit the nail on the head there though Connor as well and, and I think a piece of meat is the, the right way to describe it and obviously why I've got so much respect for, for you boys and you know and anyone who listens to these podcasts know you know Matty Pennington as well a, a close mate and the, the, the hard work and the dedication you've put in even when things you know so easy for people to look and go you play for Everton or you play for X team and get paid X amount of money but not a lot of people see what you go through sometimes when you're not in the team or when things aren't working out your way and, and, and you know it's not like you can just go oh, I'm not playing this week so I won't go into training and I won't sacrifice all the things you do that you know us as, as quote normal people kind of can do do you know what I mean and as you're saying that getting released I think I look back now and think I was lucky to get released at the age that I was just because it made me realise, you know, take a step back and look at lads like yourselves and think I'm nowhere near as good as them and, and go and focus on doing other things. But as you're saying, Connor, you know, some of the, the work that I do in non-league footy round here in Liverpool, you see lads do a brilliant footballers but left Everton and Liverpool at 17, 18, 19 and they don't know what to do next and, and can go through some really, yeah. really hard times. You're putting everything into it, aren't you? To be, to be that player, to be to live your dream, and I'm not sure when it, if it doesn't happen that the backup plans there because and then you think, well, if you don't put as much evidence of footy, well, it's not going to work out, is it? Yeah. So you sort of do have to go all in in order to try and to try and achieve. You get everything out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're almost saying like it feels like a little bit of a gamble almost, even at that young age. You kind of have. As you say, go all in, and you may have to compromise on, on school a little bit because you want you want footy to work. Yeah, yeah, I see. So. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. there with what Connor was saying. You can't like, you can't, you sort of can, but you can't like go into it thinking, oh, if I if I do, do all right at footy, but then I can kind of do this on the side. You can't do that. You've literally got to like, like you say, go all for it, or you you don't really. You won't make it as far as you want to make it, really. So it's hard. Yeah. Well, let's um, 
and Sam, you, you, you jump in whenever you want here, pal. But let's, you know, something that you wanted to talk about and get Connor and Ben to talk about. You know, how much does the academy system you play? And, and talk to me both of you about some of the coaches you mentioned, Tosh there, and a few others. You know, and you smiled when you mentioned the names. Clearly, they've had impacts on the pair of you. Yeah. Great, Connor. Go ahead. Yeah, look, Tosh was an infectious man, a brilliant <laughs> coach. Still remember being in the gym now with the four things the number one, the faint, number two, double faint, three, step over, four, double step roll over, the ball, roll the ball. It was, it was brilliant, and that's why. The, and then we used to do, I think, did we do the knockouts in the, the indoor outfield? Yeah. And it was all just practicing the basics, repetition, yeah. repetition, and they're the things that stand you in such good stead and you say and mention people along the way there's so many people who you come across who are part of your journey like when I obviously Tosh Martin we first 13 I think it was Gary Lewis then Tatey brilliant yeah. Colin Littlejohns under 15s I had John Doolan, and 16 Sean London Terry Mack Terry Mack Phillips um, Ray Hall, Neil Juice, <laughs> Mike Dickinson. <laughs> it's just there's so many. And then in, I was fortunate in the youth team to have Big Duncan, Kevin Sheedy as my youth team, and they were wow. heroes. So like unbelievable. It really isn't grateful for it. Yeah. Ben, is there anybody you know? You, you know, mentioned a few names there. Is there, is there a coach for you that stands out? Maybe. No, I mean. The, the first, like the first one that jumps to mind is is, is probably Tosh because that's that's who you have from when you're like so young in it and like I remember him telling me like well, apparently my best mate for like three four years was a wall because he was like if you give the wall a good pass you'll give it a good pass back and that one he was like if you bobble a pass into the wall the wall will bobble you a, a pass back and it's just like wow that was a bit. That's, that's something that sticks into mind. Um, but then you had like Eddie Murray as well. Remember Eddie? Yeah. yeah. Eddie Murray. Um, yeah, he, he, was, he was brilliant like with me, especially. Um, and then, like you say there, going to 13s, it was Gary and then uh, Paul Tater at under 14s. And then going into 15s, that was when... Yeah, that was when my, my journey ended, really going into under 15s. That's when, that's when I got let go. Uh, I think the same time as Sam, so... Like um, Connor will have had more more coaches than me, but mine were my, my more vivid ones with the with, with the younger age groups. Definitely, I think what what's the, what, go on, go on, just just on Tosh. I remember speaking to him last year, and and obviously speaking about it. But one of the things that really wasn't Tosh mentioned that it, it could have changed a little bit now. Maybe it has, but one thing that all three of us had when we were there was, and even when I spoke to him last year, Tosh. You know, it was a family, and he 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 said it himself it wasn't just about knowing me or Connor or Ben. You know, he, he even till this day was asking he knew brothers' names, sisters' names, mum and dad's names, and and that was the way it was with every coach. You know, after the games, win or lose, people like Eddie Murray, he'd have a laugh and a joke with your mum and dad, and you know, it, it re- you, you got so well looked after at that time in the academy, and obviously we were a bit younger. Uh, and and maybe it wasn't as competitive in terms of I think at that time we all got pretty even playing time and you know everyone was mates and there was no rivalries or anything like that but but these fellas you we know we did see good mates didn't we exactly we did yeah. see fellas going on the tours yeah how good are they the tours the were tours. obviously 
I mean, and all your family are coming stuff. You were in '94, weren't you, Ben? Yeah, I was. I was like, so out of the tours, we done it. We ain't done in like school years, so like I wouldn't go on. I wouldn't go and talk like Sam and Connor because like they're they're born in '95, although we were in the same age group. Um, so I'd go on. I'd be like the younger one of my group because I'd be with kids who were in the year above me. We were born in '94, so I had an early '94. Uh, so I was going with like Matty and. And, and people like that, yeah, all like them lads. So it was like the, the tours were, were just boss, weren't they? Yeah. Did you ever go on? Class. I remember going on tour with Tosh once, and he used to like obviously, this this probably doesn't sound great nowadays, but he used to when you're in the he used to drive the bus if you're going like somewhere in the UK and we were in Guernsey, and he was like he'd proper laugh his head off, like swerving the bus from side to side in the road, and all the lads were absolutely loving it in, in the back. And he was like, absolutely having the best yeah, time ever. And even I was talking to, it, I don't know if you remember Keen McDonald, one of the older coaches a few months back. And yeah. uh, I remember it, it only like two and two put together now. But looking back, you used to get up in the morning, like you'd be thinking, well, yeah, the coaches are looking a bit rough or a bit narky. And they were all on the aisle of a night, weren't we, while we were it's all in bed for like nine o'clock. You look at it now and you go, that's why we had to be in bed by nine so they could go out and play. Yeah. But even as, as Connor's saying, the friendships you'd make, you know, on, on tours especially, you know, we were all best mates anyway. And, you know, Ben, the amount of times I think you must have stayed here and I stayed in your mum and dad's and stuff. So we were, yeah. we were mates anyway. But even Connor, if you remember when we got, we were all, it was about like finding quizzes to do and playing little yeah. games and, and the PSPs were out. And, Class. And I think because we were a bit younger and it wasn't as much, no one really had the tech that probably the kids have. Now we had to make our own fun, didn't we? And the coaches had to make yeah. fun for us. But, you know, what we were talking about before we started recording, you know, what one that sticks out in my head, that tournament to Spain. And, you know, just the, the boss laughs we'd have and the way we'd look out for each other and, and the games and stuff was stuff that even now I can lose hours of a time daydreaming about it and, and the way it was with each other. Yeah, do you remember the um, the Germany one, the Ryan Carl Cup? Oh, it was quality that, wasn't it? Yeah, we shared, we shared the tr- we were winning. No, was it one one the game? One one the final, pen- wasn't it? And it went. The penalty shootout was going on forever. And I heard this one. I went on it when I heard the trophy and- at like thirty and all or forty and all on pens because and I was just going up to take my second pen. I'm walking up nervous thinking need to score here and the ref just goes nah it's cancelled it couldn't believe it <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> I took my pen at like obviously it must have been I think 9 or 10 all and I remember like the two coaches they were already in discussions saying like come on the keepers are taking it now should, should we cancel and I was just going, like yeah I should probably cancel it there you know but he's not, <laughs> not feeling this I remember I slipped over and I took mine but somehow they, I don't still to this day I think the keeper just felt sorry for me and dived out the way but it, it just trickled yeah, like yeah. like some off a film it just trickled into the corner it was it was boss but that was a I think it was a good tournament we beat a few a few good teams on, we went there on twice I, I can't remember I'm sure yeah. we did yeah we did we went back to Celtic yeah. Celtic like the junior team they brought all their fans were just singing Celtic songs all game and when we knocked Celtic out did we, we knocked Celtic out so basically the Celtic fans then became our fans I remember we were playing Athens it was in the semi-final it was 1-0 and they had a free kick on the edge of the box. I remember I, I saved it. Like it was down low in the corner, grabbed it, and the ref blew his whistle. And it was like it was like being a professional footballer. All these Celtic fans running on. They had the drums and the the flags and the whistles singing the Everton song. And on on those tournaments, you, you did feel like a proper little professional because you had to you know obviously look after yourself and get to bed early and you you'd get fed all the right foods and 
But I, I was talking yeah. to Matty about this. We were 10, 11 before these games. I don't know about you, lads, but before matches, you know, my knees and stuff were, were trembling because you were so near oh, yeah. a quarter-final against Arsenal or, you know, you wanted to be ringing your mum and dad, didn't you, at the end of the night saying, we've won it or we've done this. And the nerves yeah. before some of the matches, I remember being unbelievable at the time. Yeah, oh, definitely. You just want, want to win, don't you? You want to do well. Your family was there, you just want to make them proud. And No, yeah. it's special times, but definitely, definitely nerves as well. Saying there about being nerves and stuff, I think, because, I mean, no offence like some of the teams that we play every week, but like, say you'd, you'd play against, like, I don't know, Birmingham, or you'd go down and then you'd play against, like, Middlesbrough or whoever it is you're playing you're playing against them every season but then when you go on tour you find out oh, who we're playing on this tour oh my god we're playing against Roma and you're like yeah 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 Atletico and you're like wow we're playing against some bit like we're only Everton that's, that's what like, like little Everton against like Roma or Madrid or something like that and we're like hey we're Everton yeah, yeah. Used to be because remember when they uh, like, used to have to share the coach to the um to the to the matches with like another team. So there's usually two or three teams on a coach of a, oh of a game. And we used to be at the back, didn't we? Proper getting the Everton songs going. Like, the, but the coaches would proper get into it. Like Tosh's have us singing like, and it's a grand old team at the back of the bus. Yeah. So when, and the, but it used to get you up for the games in a weird way, didn't it? it used to be like that kind of thing. Then you would go in and you'd be like. Right, I pro I proper want to beat these now, and uh, it was it was just boss, wasn't it? Definitely. Do you remember going to Spain and seeing Z- Zidane? Yeah, with that photo somewhere. Is, uh, you got the it's, it's up somewhere in the house. So anyone who comes to me and Dad's house, first of all, I used to be up on the wall. Oh yeah, there's a few. There's one of uh, there's one. There's one no, no one listening can see this, but that's me. And, that's me at a tournament in Spain. Little play, little player of the season award, which we can touch on if we if we need to later on. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You've all, I think you've all mentioned um, your, your parents in this. How um, how much of a sacrifice did your parents have to make, and do they have to make to be to give you know a player in the academy everything they need, and it's you know taking you to training five six times a week, you know all all hours and stuff. I mean, how much of a strain is it on them? Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. It's it's probably bigger than it is on us. Yeah, I'd say because they you we're the ones who get to just go and play footy, just go and enjoy ourselves. But over the years, if you think of the amount of training that you do, probably you're probably there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You probably get Friday off and then Saturday, Sunday you'll be there or one of them two days. Yeah, and that's every week, mm. and it's just relentless. And the higher you go, the more the more you do, and so. For them, and that's what I was saying about maybe the the support mechanism. If you don't make it, then for the parents and stuff, it must be even worse because they they've all, they've sacrificed so much. And I know for for me personally, what my dad, my mum, my brother, what they've all done for me to get me here. It's never just you. It's it's a team effort, and like I'm unbelievably grateful for it. But I just think I'm not sure. How much support is there in terms of if, if it doesn't go well and yeah. even when it goes well, the strains and the stresses are still massive. Well, yeah. um, the the two thing obviously two things that, that stick in my head about both your mums and dads actually was there was one time when uh, my dad 
somehow managed to cut his finger off in work and Ben's mum picked me up from training and I remember her being like I was like where's my dad Vicky and she was like oh he's sound he's sound and as we were getting closer to the house I was like something doesn't feel quite right here I remember like uh, your mum just being dead casual um, and just as I got off the car she was like oh by the way your dad's in hospital and I was like sprinting towards towards the house but it, it was that way that you know parents had, you know the amount of times your mum took took me to train and Ben and, and, and probably vice versa yeah. and you'd stay in the house and, and there was a time Connor with your dad as well when I think it was towards the end of, of Everton when I wasn't really playing as much and I think we, we'd had a funny training session or something like that and we were having a laugh and I remember coming off and, and Brendan saying to me I like I think it was just something something dead nice of like I love I love watching you train Sam you know you're always having a laugh with the lads and stuff and I remember walking off the pitch that day and feeling just feeling great about myself again. You always had that character about you, didn't you? You still got it now, like... Yeah, just, like... Uh, honestly, like, I, I say this all the time, like, just... Like, you, you just are that kind of character, it is. It's, but the, the effect then that ev- everyone's mum, mum and dad did have and stuff, and as you're saying, Connor, it's tough, isn't it? Because, you know, y- your mum and dad go from being told he's going to be this and he's going to be that and he's, he's going to play for Everton or he's, he's going to do this to... You know, being the one who has to tell you you're getting released, and I think as you said, the how my mum got all my footy kits washed and stuff for me for seven, eight years, that training six, seven times a week, and as yeah. you said, I don't quite know if the support system's there for for everyone when when that kind of dream is over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It is. I'll, 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 go on, Ben. Sorry, mate. No, no. I'm just gonna say I, I agree. It is hard for them, and like, I suppose like, if you get let go, it's it, it must feel like wasting time for them, mustn't it? And, like everything was kind of not not pointless, but I suppose it kind of might might feel like that for them. And you know, it's like getting home from work. Like we'd, we'd have training at like six o'clock or something, six to eight, and then so like, and me mom or my dad, whoever it'd be, come home, just literally take the work clothes off and take me straight back out. Or if we had to be at Birmingham away on a Sunday kickoff, we'd have to meet at seven o'clock, and my dad will have been out getting pissed the night before. And he has to wake up and go over and take me or my mum, whoever, to get in from work after the night shift. And it's, uh, we're in a way, we're the lucky ones, aren't we? Because we yeah, get to pick the water on now. We're very At the time, we, we're, like you said before, Connor, you're just waking up, you're going playing footy and that's it. But when you're an adult now, you look back and you think, wow, it was like, it was heavy for them, weren't it? I think yeah. it's the only thing now, is it, to look back? As you've got now, Ben. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I look at it in a different way now, completely. So, might be you one day, Ben, cook, washing those kits, oh, taking, know, taking yeah. them to train six nights a week. Yeah, uh, he'll never be as good as me, though. So it's on. <laughs> 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 it's, um, I, really I mean, I, but that's that's another way to look at it. Like because of the experiences I've had, like like my my dad had never had um. Like an academy experience or whatever, but because I've had that experience now, I, I I'll know kind of how to kind of maybe not guide them through it, but like maybe give them like pointers along the way and stuff like that. So I suppose it could work in in, in my favour if that ever happens. If he doesn't even want to play for the team, you know, he might want to go and play. I don't know, kicker or something. Like Let him do whatever he wants. I won't force anything on him. But if he does, then it would be good for me to be able to have that experience to guide. Yeah. In yeah. terms of now, obviously, all, all adults, and, and you can look back as you mentioned, like in a different perspective. Have you ever spoken to your parents about how they dealt with the expectations, their own expectations of having 
they they they're soon picked up by Everton and and, and that there because they all have hopes and the dreams and as much as they would want to try and keep their feet on the ground, it, it can't be easy in that respect. No, I don't think so. I think, in my respect, I think I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have been involved or in and around football. So I think that's helped a lot. And but I spoke to me that quite a lot on him, my mum, and you don't. They don't really know if it's right or wrong, or if it's good or bad, or if it's going to be worth it. They just sort of you just go with it, mm-hmm. and you open bit by bit, you'll get better, and then it will be worth it in the long run. But you don't know, and that's the thing. And you've just got to sort of keep going. And like when we're in training, we're not really thinking at 11, 12, 13. Maybe you're not really looking ten years down the line. Are you just turning up every day to training? Yeah. trying to enjoy it as much as possible yeah definitely in, um, so I, I think you know and we touched on it at the start about you know the, the difficult moment when, when the club at various stages of your careers um, release you and, and you and you spoke about the difficulties is it you know there's, there's many examples of players who've been at academies and, and haven't come back up through any systems and, and, and probably aren't playing football at any sort of level now In that, on that day when they say your time's up um, we're releasing you I mean what does it feel like how difficult is it to even kind of get your head around it's hard but not, not going to lie because like, like I say I, my, my grades in school I knew were going down and um, it was the, the reason I got I got told the reason I was getting let go it was never it was never me football it was it was always me me size like I was and I still am now quite slim but like for me to be told oh you're getting let go because of your size it was like that was even worse because there's nothing I could do about it so um, that 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 was quite hard uh, so yeah I think it's at our, obviously it's going to be different for for Connor being a bit older but at our age it's because such a big part of your, yourself and your, your character. You know, a lot of people, I went to Allsop, which is a massive school, but I think more than a thousand kids in. It was never, you know, at that age, you, you were the lad who plays for Everton. You know, that, that was the way people yeah, knew you. The, the way one, you yeah. looked at yourself was, you know, not in a way that you were better than anyone else, but just, you know, this is what I do six nights a week. I, did, I had friends in school, but I didn't have time to see anyone out of school. So I had, you know, these lads here, I had lads... Other lads who maybe I'd, I'd go and stay in theirs on a weekend or something, but they were all from the academy. My my whole life revolved around the academy, and you know the the rug is literally pulled from beneath your feet in a split second because in that one word of yes or no, you you go from being the academy player to not the academy player, and and I think it was just it, it's a sense of of being lost a little bit because you know you only you only know Everton and you only know playing for them, going to Netherton and Finch Farm, and then. You know, those first few months are, uh, was, as Ben said, it's really tough. And, you know, for me as well, I'm a massive Evertonian to the night. You know, I've spoken to a few people about it and, and the night you do get told is st- still even now, 10 years later, still one of the worst nights of my life from from, from being told that decision. So, you know, you, you do in, at a very young age have to kind of rebuild your sense of who you are. And I think that we've touched on a few times, but that sense of support is something that I think all Premier League clubs probably have to look at because it's, it's such a hard time in your life. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think like it's got worse now because 
I mean, you never really heard of like kids at like the age of thirteen being bought for money or like moving like the whole families moving house and moving cities and stuff. So like, if if that happens to like a kid now, mm. it's like so it'd be so hard because like I, like you say there, I remember vividly the day of being let go. Like I don't know if you were the same, but like you, you were never allowed into the parents' meetings, were you? Yeah. So so like me mum or my dad would come home and say, oh yeah, you've been kept on, or you haven't been kept on. And like I remember sitting in front of the fire and I was eating the beans on toast on a tray. <laughs> just like sitting there, my mum comes back and goes, You've not been kept on. And from there, I was just like, That, that, it was, it was a killer. So, um, and like you say, you, get, you go from in school, I mean, not, not that it's all like a, it's not like a popularity thing or anything like that, but you, you have people who, who like, are like, Oh, you play for Edmund or, you know, this and that. And like people like, uh, like really, happy for you all like are around you and that and then like I say when you when you don't play for Everton no more it's just like no one was asked and you know what I mean it's just like yeah it's really obviously I think I've been a lot more fortunate in that mine's come at a, a lot later stage and yeah. I don't know how I'd have reacted if it come at an earlier stage but I've been fortunate that it hasn't and mine was more of a it was an expectancy so in the January before I was I was basically leaving anyway. I was going to Plymouth, but that move got cancelled, and then I ended up having to come back and play in the twenty threes for like four or five months. Which, looking back, was probably the toughest part of my career so far, just because you know it's doing nothing for you. It, you can't really get any benefit from it. So, but as I said, like I'm fortunate that it hasn't happened earlier on, and, and like a fear for the lads, and I've got friends from school who, who had that and got released at 16 or 18 and then they find it difficult afterwards because it, it is it's very tough and you don't know what you're sort of out of the football bubble and then into the into the unknown aren't you so you know it's tough Was it con for you you know because obviously you've been involved in that Europa League squad and, and, and maybe you know there would have been periods where you felt like you were getting close to, to cracking that first team ceiling if you like was that does that make your leaving the club perhaps difficult in a different way because you thought maybe at one stage it was going to happen? Yeah, there was probably one or two times where I genuinely thought it was it was going to happen. It was close, and possibly an injury or opportunity hasn't come my way. And but I'm not really one to look back and have regrets and stuff. I just think that's what my journey was at that time, and. Yeah, it's, it's difficult that you think it may be a what-if, but again, you can control that with your thoughts and your mind and how you how you view things. I'm, I'm grateful that I got the opportunity to work with a lot of great players, great managers, coaches and stuff, So, and I've, I'm able to take that on forward with me in my career and with the ambitions of, you know, returning to that stage. Yeah. For all three of you, when you were younger, how much... Before obviously it becomes um, you, you moving into sort of that, that senior circle at Everton. When you were younger, how much of an interest did the managers at the first team level at the time take an interest? Did they ever come and watch you train? Were they, they ever around when you were you were training or anything like that? You'll know more, Connor. I mean, I suppose from like sixteens and stuff onwards, I suppose you get looked at more, don't you? But um, I just that, when we were kids, we had that one pre-season session didn't we we always changed at the first team like you had a couple of players come down and 
and like they used to get involved like I don't know I can remember like dribbling the ball with David Weir and shooting at Nigel Martin and stuff so like he had like one session when you were a kid but that was like as, as good as it probably got for us because when me and Sam were 13, 14, nearly 15 you're not really getting I suppose looked at by the senior team or anything like that so um, but Connor will probably know more from that. Yeah, no, I'd say you, you are. And obviously, when I was 16, 17, David Moyes was the manager, so it was mm-hmm. it was more chance of kids coming through, I'd say, and it was more probably closer and things like that. So I think Moyes always had a good relationship with Stubbsy and then a bit further down. So they were all, they're always speaking, all the coaches are always speaking. So ultimately, it's on you to deliver and it's every day it's every day in training the games and then trying to progress and build up but I'd say some managers probably more than others but at the end of the day if you're good enough they'll play you Did you feel like that, that with Roberto there was there was, a, there was obviously you included in that, that squad as I mentioned earlier for the, for the Europa League game did you feel he was quite he was maybe keener than, than others giving the young players an opportunity Yeah I'd say so and that was definitely the stage where I got closest that stay and the circumstances maybe go a little bit differently then I might have got the opportunity but again it's not something I look back on with regrets I still enjoyed my time and I've learned a lot of lessons from it you, you become stronger from them lessons so great his style of football definitely suited me probably more than, than others and I felt like I was flourishing under his training regimes and things like that. So, but yeah, that's just is what it is. But Ben, tell us a bit more about about. So you you're released by the football club and you and you you want to stay in footy and you want to rebuild. Just tell us a little bit about where you went from and and how you sort of um, got stayed in the game and has since progressed back up up the ladder. Yeah, crazy really. Like I genuinely thought it was over, but. I didn't play footy for like a team for like six months or so. And then um same before I got Mostiel, a, a lad who um, played there with when I was like seven, just got in touch and was like, drunk and play for our team, no, you've been let go. And after like six months of I was literally only playing for the school. I was like, you know, I'll give it a go sort of thing. And then from there, um, started playing for Finn Arps, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam played for like the Saturday team and I was playing for the Sunday um, and then from there, I went to. Uh, I got invited up to training at Vauxhalls when they were like Conference North before they went bust. Um, and then was I was there. Carl like, McCauley was that? Was he was Carl the manager at the time. Yeah. He was the manager, but like, I, I was just training at like the 17s and 18s yeah. in, their, in their team. And then after the, the first 17s year, I was training with the reserves and then so I was, I was sort of playing like with men with men from like the age of 17 nearly 18 and um, going from being let go like two years before that for being too small to then playing with men it was like it was a, it was a it, it helped me to be fair I'd say that's what really did um, really did help me so I was doing that and then when Vauxhalls went bust I, um, I went to train at Witness, who are now in like the Evo stick, I think. But at the time, they were in the Northwest County, so it was like the bottom tier of left. So the, I think it was tier ten of of ten. So like, it was a it was a long way down. 
And then I was also playing Sunday League at the same time for a team called the Seymour, who were a, a good Sunday League team. My dad's mate ran it. And uh, I just wanted to play with men, play with men's football as much as I can from like a young age because that my dad said it would help me being um, like you know get used to it with my size and stuff. And then all of a sudden from nowhere I had a growth spurt, scam signed me from witness, and then from out of nowhere I got um, I got a phone call saying he's going to go for a trial down at Portsmouth, and I was working with my dad sitting windows, and it was just like it was it was a crazy like two or three years and um, I've said went from went from like playing with reserves footy at 17 to in the Conference North to um, Portsmouth yeah and obviously as you said now Blackpool and in, uh, it was Macclesfield did you say yeah yeah, yeah. When, when I, got, I went to Portsmouth and then from Portsmouth um, I, I loved it there it was just at the time I was like because they took a chance on me I was like bottom but I felt like I was playing well so I was never really like you, you, I mean you have lads there on like a lot of money so they're obviously going to play ahead of you um, but like I, I, was, I was playing well but I was just never really getting the chance that I thought I probably should have got um, so then I went on loan to Tramia and done really well and Tramia bought me from Portsmouth um, that was going brilliant and then unfortunately I had like a bad year of injury um, and then from there I went to Blackpool and um, now Maxfield so oh yeah it was, it was, it was mad like when, when people say oh, how did you get in footy they never really believed that like I was like fitting windows and <laughs> like that so Class. it was, uh, it was I, remember, I remember being halfway up a ladder and just getting a phone call um, can you get down to Portsmouth for a trial on when uh, get the train down on Wednesday and I just got off the phone and said dad I need a week off Um he does like yeah, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, when I'm sat, when I'm child, never turn back to work with my dad. So he's devil. He's lost his uh, he's lost his best lady brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. Con, in terms of before before you did leave for, for Plymouth, obviously you went on a number of loans. How is that loan experience? Because we see we even see now lads Everton are on loans. Some lads are on fourth or fifth loans at Everton. Create. Is it a valuable experience, or is it, or is it a lonely experience? What's, what's it like? I think initially, it's you need it unless you are literally the next one in in terms of getting into the first team. I think you need it. I needed it at my stage because I wanted to go the year before, but I had the stress fracture in my back, and that sort of halted that a little bit. But it's so important. The more you look back, and now it's so important to get them games in early doors in your career. And just yeah. as Ben says, build momentum playing against men physically every week and understanding that part of the game. And if you can get more of that in early doors, it will stand you in good stead. It is so but different, isn't it? Playing against like, men at like, a young age. Yeah, I went on five and in the end, the last couple were sort of, they were just, I was just going alone because I was going alone. It, it just, had to go somewhere so it wasn't really maybe a development thing in terms of then to come back in the first team it was more I was under contract and I needed to go and play some football somewhere yeah. so the first couple first two or three were more development and then in the end where I was saying maybe your, your time's up yeah I think you'll see by your own moves how sort of your time is viewed at the club and sort of where where they see you so 
in the end, probably not as beneficial. And you need to find that home and find get settled and get playing games. Okay. Um, I was. I mean, unless uh, unless there's anything else, Sam, you wanted to add, I was going to going to wrap up with a final question for the lads. But is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on? No, but just now my thing is maybe similar to what Ben had. But in a few years, you'll be sitting here thinking. Two years ago, Sam was a journalist, and now he's in the England squad. So. <laughs> you've inspired me to get back into it. <laughs> I was, was going to say something a bit mean then, but he's an Everton fan, so I won't, I won't, I won't go. <laughs> I was going to say, say you could do a better job than Tickford, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just before I wrap up then, um, Ben, I'll go to you first, and then I'll, I'll ask Connor the same question. If there's, if there's a, a lad in the academy at Everton now, maybe, you know, 10, 11, 12, what, what advice would you give them? Tough one, man. Um, I'll let you go first, Connor, so I can think. I'd say if it's obviously at that age, you, maybe you don't necessarily know what you want completely, but if you are in the academy and you feel that's what you want to do, then give everything to it and make the sacrifices because ultimately it can be the most rewarding thing in the world and the best job in the world of course it's got its difficulties but if you can and you feel you want to do it then go all in and then you can't have any regrets really yeah yes it's a similar sort of thing I mean when we were younger we always got told oh yeah you're going to play for Everton but always have always have in the back of your mind that it might not it might not work out, um, so you've got to give everything. If you if you want that to happen, you've you've, you've got to give everything. But also, just like prepare yourself for just in case, in case it can't. Like not not saying like you know go and do these courses and stuff and like take your time away from football. Just you know always having the back of your mind that it it might not work. But I hope for anyone anyone going through academies and stuff that it does it does work out for them. Brilliant. Yeah. Lads, that's been brilliant. Really enjoyed uh, listening to your stories, Sam. Any, anything you want to add before we uh, before we close? No, but just just say even doing this today just makes you realise if if you are listening to this and you've you've got a kid or a family member or, or someone in the academy system now to to tell them to enjoy even just the, the social side of it as well. You know the the nights when remember they used to like take us bowling at Christmas and stuff like that. But even just little things like that, like chats we'd have off the pitch, staying in each other's hours on a weekend and. You know the laughs in the changing rooms you'd have with each other to to always just make sure they enjoy it off the pitch as as much as they do on the pitch because you know that's where even now you know you're lucky to always be able to to call lads like Ben and Connor mates and you know always when the footy's on and you're watching soccer Saturday on a on a shifting work you're always made up to to see your names popping up when you're scoring goals or or getting sent off or whatever you're up to that weekend so yeah that's the that's the best part for me now. <laughs> Brilliant, well said, Sam. Um, yeah, no, yeah, lads, really, uh, really appreciate your time and uh, and your stories and your honesty and uh, really brilliant and uh, all the best for for next season when uh, when it gets up and running again. Defo. Yeah, nice one. Cheers, lads. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.